Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. All right, this week we are talking to Jay Aston of Gene Loves Jezebel. Do you remember those guys? I love those guys back in the 80s. I mean, I still love them now. They had they were staples on alternative radio for most of the decade. I mean, there was this song right here, Desire, which was huge. There was Jealous. There was 20 Killer Hertz. There was Heartache. There was Beyond Doubt. There was always a flame, one of my favorite songs of all time. We talk about that in here. Anyway, these guys were staples for a long time. And uh, right now they are currently on tour with Modern English and The Alarm. In fact, as you're listening to this, I just pulled up into my garage from coming back from that show. And it was great. I, I inadvertently had all three of those acts on this show in the last like month or two. I didn't plan it that way. It just worked out. Anyway, as you may or may not know, so there, the Jane Loves Jezebel were twin brothers, Jay and Michael, and they are not in a good place, and they haven't been for a very long time. And Michael is Gene Loves Jezebel in the States, and G, Jay is Gene Loves Jezebel in the UK. Uh, it gets a little confusing and a little tricky because they both put out albums under the name Gene Loves Jezebel, but they have nothing to do with each other. In fact, a couple of years ago, Jay put out an excellent Gene Loves Jezebel album called Dance Underwater. I highly recommend this album. You know, sometimes you don't know what your le- what your favorite legacy artist is going to come wa- up with uh, in modern times, but he nailed it with this one. So anyway, we, t- we tried talking about, uh, you know, the whole career and this tour that they're on and this new album and the good times. Unfortunately, as you'll find out, that relationship with his brother Michael really overwhelms pretty much everything. It's unfortunate. Uh, anyway, they are on tour. I believe he normally lives in the UK. He's a little dubious about that on here. But when I talked to him, he was having an off day in LA. Now, you guys are coming through Denver. On, I'm going to see you on the 9th. 9th of, just in okay. like two weeks here. I cannot wait. I've never is- seen you guys live before, and I'm so excited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't disappoint. <laughs> yeah, I doubt you. I don't know how you could do that. Um, so I wanted to tell you when I wanted to tell you when I first became sort of aware of Gene Loves Jezebel, and and I had heard the name, and I think I'd heard a song or two, but when it really crystallized that this was something I liked was when I heard Desire in She's Having a Baby, that movie. All right, uh-huh. you remember that? I do. Yeah, um, that was a major moment for me. And in fact, uh, about a year ago, I even had Tarquin Gotch on the podcast, and he was the he was John Hughes's music supervisor at the time. They, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I wondered if you if because a lot of the artists that ended up in John Hughes's movies were artists that he was managing, and I wondered if you right. were managed by Tarquin or what was the story there. Do you remember anything about how that even came to be? Uh, well, I, I remember that it was the, the film before they asked they wanted uh, one of my songs in, 
Okay. I think, and I can't remember what the film, what John Hughes' film was before. I think that, it was but, some um, kind of wonderful, maybe. I, th- I think it was maybe that one. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I, I didn't, I didn't like the sound of that one. I can't remember why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's six degrees. Was it that that film you're all six degrees away from Kevin Bacon? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there was something. I, I don't know. I think I'd met Tarquin you know, and John Lord. What they really wanted desire for, for the new one. And I, I thought, yeah, yeah okay. That is led. I don't know. There was Kate Bush on the sound. There was a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. For that that was great. Some good songs on it. Yeah. So yeah, I said yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a good scene and dancing okay. in, the, in the restroom. <laughs> exactly. That's when he meets the girl that he might have an affair yeah. with at some point. Yeah, that was major. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm always I'm sort of obsessed with music movie soundtracks anyway, especially the ones I grew up on. Did that make any impact on you? Was that? Do you look back at that and think that was the moment when America became more aware of Gene Loves Jezebel? Or was it just one more kind of line item on a resume of multiple things that have happened to you? I don't know. I, I, I was kind of detached from all that weirdly. Were you? I think it was just the things were moving so fast in those days, around 86, 87. Yeah. That it was hard to really get any uh, handle on what was going on, really. Mm. We were just so busy. We were constantly touring or doing videos or photo shoots. Yeah. You know, magazines. It was constant, so no, it wasn't one of those moments. But we're touring modern English now, where mm-hmm. well, that film and they, they did uh, I met, met with you, and um, yeah, which there was they could feel it tangibly. It was a massive change in their lives, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that kind of a okay. <laughs> earthquake moment. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, the movie wasn't a giant hit, and the mo- the soundtrack mm-hmm. didn't go, you know platinum or anything but i just wondered if that if you look back on that and thought oh yeah we started getting more gigs or we started hearing from more fans or whatever if there was if there was any kind of a turning point that came from that it's fine if it didn't yeah it probably it might probably did i just can't remember quite. <laughs> uh, <I> mean, <laughs> we just seem to be we just seem to be getting bigger all the time and yeah so it was into the natural things are. Okay, okay. So let's talk about this tour. I mean, you guys, G Loves Jezebel, Modern English, and The Alarm, three of like my favorite bands ever. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, and we're going to, I don't want to dwell on it forever because I know you probably have to talk about the issues with Michael and everything a lot, but mm-hmm. my understanding is that you are G Loves Jezebel in the UK and he is G Loves Jezebel in the US. Is there any potential issues with having you come and tour the North America the way you're doing right now? Well, the way it's worked out legally, I mean, it's, it's a long story, painful mm-hmm. story, but I won't bore you with. But uh, basically, I, we have to call ourselves Jay Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel in the U.S. Okay. Worldwide, we're Gene Loves Jezebel. All those albums, all the songs I've written, you know, um, yeah. to the fans for Gene Loves Jezebel, but the U.S because he's been touring around here for the last 15 years as Gene Loves Jezebel with numerous different uh, players. You know, I'm, I'm very proud to be with Pete uh, and James. Chris, you know, are the same guys I've always worked with for, for many years. Yeah. You know, we're, we're the sound we are. That's sound people recognize it, as you will witness when you come to see us. You Absolutely. immediately go, oh my God, that's it's like watching you too when they plug in the <laughs> too, nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel about it anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not looking for, I don't, I'm not really interested in my brother's um, reinterpretation of my songs and my words, you know? Yeah. Just because he didn't, didn't get to sing them or didn't, I mean, he used to mind to my vocals and videos, so he'd do anything, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. When he, actually, when he, when he minds a suspicion, that song suspicions on my vocals, I, I, I was just about to leave the band. That was the last straw for me, but he just beat me to it. Oh, really? So, 
she left so before I did. So wow. yeah. So what I mean, when you guys were at that stage where you were both wanting to leave, was it because of the tension created by the two of you, or was it outside forces in the music business? Like this just isn't fun anymore. No, no, it was just it was just very for me personally. It was very painful. I was yeah. trying to. I mean, if you look at some of the videos, if you're that interested looking back, you'll often see like at the Ritz and those kind of things on MTV. I've tried to sing a song and I've got this guy jumping in front of me all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah. It just got very difficult. When we wrote the, when I wrote The House of Dolls and Kiss of Life and, and you look at all those albums, I always had to deal with this guy who was coming very late, who didn't play guitar, and, and would quite happily take credit for everybody else's efforts. And I just yeah. got bored, tired of it. It was exhausting, especially when you're touring as heavily as we were. Yeah, and, you try, and uh, those songs mean a lot. Everyone, every song I've written is about somebody or something that's real. Yeah, with the exception of Who Wants to Go to Heaven, which I wrote for a soundtrack. got someone else one of the better words fucking with it you know uh, yeah yeah it, it's it kind of is as, as an artist so you know i don't want to be a blow up on my own so what i feel what i do is unique i think i don't yeah. think there's any other band like Tina jazz go on the planet no and it's 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 hurt us that my brother has been going around for the last as i say 15 years as Gene of jezebel and people gotta go oh, on that doesn't sound like the Gene of jezebel yeah. and um uh, it's, it's 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 hurtful to us you know yeah um, from what I was reading, it sounds like it was the actual recording of Motion of Love that was sort of a final straw for him or for you. What was the problem with that particular song that was the breaking point?
Well, we'd written, I mean, my brother was in the US. We'd written all those songs in England. And, and we came to the US to record Jimmy Iovine, and, and he added his part. And as far as we could, as far as I'm concerned, I, I, a lot of the songs like Gorgeous and those things, I didn't need another vocal on it. Mm. It actually spoiled the effect of it when you actually have someone doing the root note of, 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 the, of the song. The fans love Motion Love, so it's, it doesn't matter what we think of it, really. But we're not that fond of it, although we enjoy mm. playing it these days, ironically. Mm. It's actually fun. But I didn't like the part, you know, do you know what you want to know to get it, which yeah. is a Johnny Rotten line or whatever. That's the way I found that. And having to just triple track the chorus vocals. I mean, if you hear the demo of that song, you get the more of the essence how it should have oh, sounded. Oh, really? So it, was, it was a bit frustrating. But people lo- love the song, so yeah. it doesn't matter what the art- artist thinks, so it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. So do you play that song on this new, on the tour you're going to be, you're on now? Yeah, we're just, we are. We, okay. We, we've only got uh, 40 minutes, sometimes 30, we had 30 mm. minutes the other day, because we're the opening act, obviously. It's a long climb up for us now, after we've been away for so long. Yeah. And, pe- and people realizing it's, Jay Aston, James Stevenson, the result. <laughs> yeah. It's not just. I hate having my name above the band. I don't, I don't think mm-hmm. it's. I would a band. Yeah. That was always the big difference between my brother and I. He, he was constantly trying to promote us as, as if we were wham. Uh, to me, we were about. We were a band, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't like that so much. But yeah, it's which climbing back up, and we're fortunate to be the two bands are great to tour with, uh, mm-hmm. a joy to tour with, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're loving it. We put as you as you will see, it's it's it's, it's pure joy. Good. I'm so glad. I can't wait. So what, this leads me to another question, though. When you, when on this tour, you know, you I think you know this. It's difficult for, you know, outsiders like me sometimes to know because you both sound similar and even look similar and everything. It's sometimes difficult to know, like, would, ta- would what would Jay, what song would Jay take ownership of versus Michael? For instance, I'll give you an example. Um, my very favorite G Loves Jezebel song is Always a Flame. The sound that the guitar makes when it goes into the chorus with the drums just pounding and the bass boom that is like if I were to pinpoint to somebody I'm just gonna gush on you for a minute here Jay if I were to if someone were to say to me John what do you like most about music I would play them that part and I would say do you hear what all these instruments are doing at this very moment that is my favorite thing that is possible in music that moment <laughs> right there. You know what I mean? I... Well, I'm, I'm glad you picked up what it is. That, that's a weird song, that, because uh, my brother ended up singing that, but almost by, he kind of bullied his way onto that Did song. He? Because I, yeah, because the, the few of the originals I sing 
what three quarters of that song. Yeah. But um, within the studio, he kind of just pushed his way onto it and and, and sang the whole thing. Does yeah, that make the set with, list? With, Do you play that song? No, it's still, some sometimes we play. We played in London the last time we okay. played as an encore. Okay. Uh, but this because we've only got forty minutes, it's yeah. pretty tough. Yeah. To get the, the songs on there, you know. Yeah. See, this is this is the problem, the conflict that I I I have I'm having is that I want to heap praise on you for certain songs and certain moments that I love, but I don't know whether they're your moments no, no, or that's they're fine. his. That's, that's, or... that's, that's, a, that's a band moment. I mean, okay. all the music, all the music is the band. I mean, okay. my brother is not responsible for any of the music. He doesn't yeah. write music. He doesn't play anything. Okay. Um, so that's. I mean, that song's a lot to me. The, the lyrics, the Poison Girls, are all yeah. They're all to do with my, my memories of the band, the Poison Girls. Okay. Uh, and Sister Susie, and all that's my memories of Susie Banshee, and you know, you better hurry. Your time is those are all my lyrics. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, but. But I didn't mind him singing things. I, I, our voices do not sound at all alike, but it's a common misconception. Mm. If you listen to Stephen, or uh, I don't know, Desire. Mm. I mean, I, I've listened to my brother try to sing Desire. Then you know there's a big okay. difference. I'll there's, have to put him under the microscope. Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to this, the original Sweetest Thing, which is one of my songs. And yeah. listen to this the recording of Swiss. He sings the verses, okay. which would often happen, happen in the band. We'd let him sing the verses because he wasn't very good at pitching for all the difficult backing vocals. Yeah. So, you know, the backing vocals are usually James and I, yeah. as well as the lead vocals. But yeah, just check me. The voice is not at all okay. but it is a misconception. Believe me, okay. not at all. Similar. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll pay more attention from now on. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. you know, I, I but love it's, it's it easy, it's easy, If you watch videos, you get confused. He's actually miming to my vocals mm -hmm. in videos. So yeah. that's easy, easy to confuse, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned James Stevenson, your guitarist. What a godsend is James Stevenson, by the way. One of the, I mean, he, and, and he's going to be pulling double duty on this because he plays with the alarm as well. But he used to play in he Generation does. X. I mean, this guy is just legendary. <laughs> he's so good. And he chooses to lend his talents to you. 
That's a huge compliment, <laughs> don't you think? I think that uh, if James would tell you that it, his best work is with Gina Zerbo. That's where he gets truly to express it. James yeah. So I mean, yeah, he wasn't in all those bands. He was in our, he was in Gino's Jazz, but it was because we became inactive for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, we didn't ever split up. We, we weren't as busy that he ended up uh, doing tours with other bands, you know, and one of sure. them being, of course, the Alarm. Yeah. So he toured so much so that he became a member. <laughs> sure. We are the ones who are blessed by this because we we go to this show <laughs> and we get to see him play with you and with them, and all the, both bands are great. To shine the spotlight on him for a minute, what kind of magic? did James bring to the band? I mean, he's, he's got a great year, you know what I mean? You can really, you can hear things. He's very musical, James. Yeah. And his sound is, is so um, well-defined. You know, he's, you see so many guitar players have such a thin sound and they have, they just don't understand that we get a great sound out of a guitar and he just gets it, James, you know, yeah. as a presence. He's got that, you know, that Mick Ronson kind of thing where you plug in his, that's, that's James. We, Gina Zerbo don't sound like Gina Zerbo without him weirdly enough you know? mm. and even even though he's not on uh, the, the track you mentioned Always the Flame because yeah. Ian, Ian was the original guitar player so I had, had a nervous breakdown um, and he replaced him you would never guess it because he adds his own power to it you know? yeah. and he's a very melodic obviously very melodic as you can tell yep. and uh, he's, I mean he can't sound it was, he orchestrates things really well I mean Half my songs wouldn't sound as good without him. Or yeah. Pete, Pete Rizzo is an incredible musician, our bass player, Pete Rizzo. He's a great guitar player. I was, I'm a singer too. But uh, there's no better bass player on the planet than Pete Rizzo, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, and James's opinion too. So, um, yeah, so James is yeah, amazing. Good. I mean, the, the fact that people pick up the phone and call him when they, when they, when they need help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fashion work, uh, Tony Visconti, all these, all these people call him up. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, so I didn't even say anything, really. <laughs> yeah, he's the man. Yeah, he's, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah we, keep... we've, written, we, we write some, we've written so many great tunes together. We break the chain. Love keeps dragging me down. It's, there's so many tunes we're proud of. We've done together. So, yeah. You know. Speaking mm. of tunes you're proud of, uh, I love Dance Underwater. It is just the kind of album that somebody who loved Gene Loves Jezebel would want to hear and probably oh, don't know that it's even out there you know right and uh yeah. i especially i'm always a track one guy and i really like charmed life never give in when they knock you down get up get up start Never stop, never give up, you leave the charm life, you leave the charm life, you've got the future and the power of life. At this stage, I most one thing I want to just make sure that I 
put in a nice plug for it. Are you going to play a song or two off the new album, or is this mostly a greatest hits type show? Oh no! Well, we we are going to play. Uh, what do we play? We do. Um, how do you say goodbye to someone you love? Yeah, it's a uh, great song. Brought shame and scorn from everyone You ruined everything in my world You've done the cloak of the vagabond That black-hatted thief that's here and gone You've learned to twist the knife and smile lost its glory My life has no flame So how do you say goodbye to someone you love How do you say goodbye to someone you love amazing song right? because it's, uh, I wrote that with Pete Rizzo bass mm. um, player guitar player singer um, and it's a weird one because in Europe we're, we're ending the set and we're getting such a reaction to it which is very right. unusual to end the set with a ballad but it was mm. it's such a powerful song you know uh, so we have to do that Yeah, we've been doing an experience thing before the gig where we do acoustic songs mm. and we let fans watch some of our sound checks we've had the chance to do um, uh, Cry For You as well mm. And we did flying uh, in uh, the beautiful blue. Mm. In, in where did we do that? I think we did that in. Did we, that wasn't San Diego. We did that. I think we did that in Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. Oh wow! It's, oh yeah, and Heavenly Bodies is an album we love. We mm. did Sweet Rain. We have to switch things around sometimes. Yeah. Obviously, break the chain. Yeah. Um, we, we try to do that. But obviously, we do desire, emotion, love, um, heartache. Jealous? Uh, you play Jealous? Oh, we do, yeah, we do Jealous. Good. You gotta yeah. do Jealous.
Um, I was going to ask you, I mean, that was, so Kiss of Life is the album that came out basically after Michael left and it's you mm-hmm. um, kind of keeping the band going and Jealous is really your highest charting success in the States anyway, mm-hmm. which has to be kind of odd, but if anything, it's also vindication that you were correct in keeping the band going. That was, did that hit come as a surprise to you? I don't, I mean, was the record label come to you saying, we know we've got something here. We're going to put everything we can behind Jealous to make it a hit. How did you feel at that time? Uh, that was an odd album, Kiss of Life. All the hassles with my brother, all, all the trauma of leaving and all the rest of it. What, I mean, it, took, it was several years between albums because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't get, I mean, it's, writing the album was very quick ironically because I couldn't get near the studio he was always in the studio working on stuff and I remember the Martin Mills from Beggars came around you know uh-huh. to listen to the stuff and, and he wasn't really impressed with, with what uh, the band had put together huh. but then James James said to Martin oh Jay's been working on some stuff and I was working on a little porn studio with a cassette player so I played him that stuff and he was like just blown away mm-hmm. so when so my brother left it was, there was no they didn't blink get it nor Beggars they didn't they're like, oh, he's gone. Uh, so, what? so yeah, I wrote it pretty quickly that album. But James, it's James's riff. I mean, if you want to talk about James Stevens, yeah. that's such a distinctive guitar player. That's that. you could write anything, then that yeah. make a hit probably. Yeah. <laughs> so so good. But, uh, Great riff. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was. And then we recorded up in San Francisco, and then the earthquake up there. Mm. We worked with Paul Fox, and we didn't really get along with Paul Fox. Mm. So we ended up basically re-recording, or you know, re-recording a lot of the tracks again in London. Palmer. Very expensive album to make that. Really? Um, uh, but as you say, Geffen, they all believed in They put a lot behind it and it was a number one um, alternative yeah. song in the chart. Yeah. But, uh, Desire was a number one college radio right. the year before or whatever. So, I'm sorry, in 86. So. Yeah. Yeah, you've had some so we did. I knew, I, knew we had a, I knew we had a following. So Good. Yeah, I, um, I'll, uh, going back to me again, I remember so well uh, when you're young and you're with your friends and sometimes you end up at like parties uh, at strangers houses and you're kind of like, how did, you know, what's going on here? How did I get, how am I going to get home? I don't know any of these people. And I remember so well being at a party at this girl's house that I didn't know in high school and uh, she didn't go to my school. And I was like, how, where am I? How, how are we going to get home from here? I don't know where I am. And MTV was on in the background and jealous came on. And I, it gave me this sense of like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay because a song <laughs> I like is playing right now and that makes everything oh, better. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> awesome. uh, that was, I will never forget the way that hearing Jealous at, in that moment made me feel like it's going to be fine. We'll get home eventually. Don't worry about it. You know? It's, it's great. Good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I would okay. say Immigrant is a perfect record. I love mm-hmm. Immigrant Start to Finish. That was produced by John Leckie, who has a mm-hmm. lot of great uh, credits. Yeah, how did credit. he, he yes, how did he get involved with you at that time? Well, we started recording the album uh, with John Brand, who did the first album. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a, an excellent version of Always a Flame, actually, which would have been a massive hit if it had been released, in my opinion. Oh, really? But Terry, we, we had a brand new A&R guy came into Beggars. The Beggars were just about to drop us, you know. Yeah. We were not after, the, you know, we the first album didn't even come out in the US until right. after House of Dolls. 
which confused some people. People thought it was, thought it was a new record. But a guy called Terry Hollingsworth came in, and he, he was a fan, and he managed to say to Beggars, "Oh no, we should get um, John Leckie to produce to produce this." And he was very friendly with uh, Pete Wiley from the, the Mighty Wars. Remember the Mighty mm-hmm. War? Mm-hmm. They were cut, uh, and so they they'd been working with John Leckie, and uh, I think he asked John to do it. And I saw John when we were doing the last album, when we were doing Dance of the Water, he popped in to see us with him. Really. <laughs> So yeah, so he got a bone, and uh, you know it was uh, it was it was done in freezing winter. We were all unemployed at the time, mm-hmm. pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And um, you know it's uh, yeah, it's a funny album, Immigrant, because the actual album cover, people see it as a great goth goth album, but the way we look at that cover, the picture on that cover is over a year old. My hair had grown long by the time mm-hmm. we did Immigrant, but uh, beggars wouldn't pay for a photo session for a new photo session, so oh, we just really? used an old picture. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really. No so it's funny because so, so when we first toured the US, uh, I think people were expecting me to look like uh, uh, Jezebel on the front cover there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually, I'd actually, I probably look more like a hippie girl my hair long. Ah, okay. Yeah, you got so, now the look. You mentioned the look and the sound, goth. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are things that are hallmarks of classic Gene Loves Jezebel. What, mm-hmm. um, how did you stumble on your sound? I mean, you mentioned Susie and the Banshees earlier, and I think I've read in other mm-hmm. articles you referenced The Cure. I mean, these are bands mm-hmm. that did that kind of what you were doing too, merging this pop sound with the goth style. Well, yeah, well, we were, none, none of us, well, goth wasn't a term. That's we were, what I, I mean. I mean so yeah, how did yeah, you yeah, stumble yeah. on this, you know? I don't, I, I don't know, really. It was, uh, I just think it was a, a reaction against uh, everything else that was going on at the time, which was just to wear black, I suppose. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Um, and everyone's searching for your identity. I, I don't know how it happened, really. It was just one of those things that came together. Uh, for people liking the same kind of thing and, and not being able to put their finger on it, not yeah. being able to um, you know, compartmentalize uh, what all this band's together. Because there's a loose set of all this bands, like The Cure, The Cowards, and all these different bands. Mm-hmm. None of them sound the same, really. But no. fans would like all those bands, which is yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, they like Depeche Mode, and they like Gene of Sears, and they like you know, it's but none of them are actually similar music. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, I just wondered how you guys, you know, when you're young guys and you're thinking I want to be in a rock band, and you're starting to pick mm-hmm. up uh, instruments and you're writing songs, how do you? Mm-hmm. What influences where you end up? When you start making merging these things together, and you think, "Yes, this is the sound that we were going for," what caused that to happen? You know, I said, "What's this?" I mean, for me, I said this many times before in the past, but it was just don't sound like anybody else was number mm-hmm. one. I mean, I've always sounded like me, even if you play our very first, you know, uh, things we ever put out. I've always I play upstairs, for instance. That's that's me singing. Yeah.
and as far as the look, I've always been into clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so but that was easy. I used to do the band's makeup, the hair, and everything early on. Yeah. So not even early on, way a lot of the way all through the eighties. So um, it's just to express, to trying to find who you are. Isn't it? Yeah. That's what the journey of life is. And for a musician, you, you, you tend to focus it. You are focused upon, and it becomes, um, you know, a, 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 your signature. You know, yeah. almost like. For one of a better word, your brand, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a little bit of luck. I, I got called Jezebel earlier on by by accident. <laughs> my name was Jezebel, right? And that kind of that, so that was just pure chance. And uh, I like Gene Vincent, so I thought, oh, Gene loves Jezebel. That's a good name for the band. Um, there you go. <laughs> so those 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 kind of chance things happen, yeah. come together, you know. Yeah. So, you talk but about. You are, you, you, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. One is just searching for one's own identity. That's the purpose of life really you know i think yeah. trying to find out who the hell you are <laughs> yeah so true um you talk about not wanting to sound like anybody else it was it's my understanding as we kind of touched on earlier it's the ha- recording of the house of dolls album where things between you and michael become tense and i believe part of that is because he or maybe both of you start feeling like you are sounding like other people where your sound is less unique or less specific it's starting to become more I don't know if water. Do I have any of this right? Is that sort of what's fueling the issues? Well, well I mean, my brother's never involved in the songwriting process, immigrant, or any of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. he comes in late all the time. You have to remember that he doesn't even okay. come to rehearsals. You know. Okay. So he, he literally, for, for instance, I wrote the song called "The Cow." I so love that's, that that's song. That's my song. Yeah, that's I love my that. song. Yeah. And so that's my song, and he sings the verses on it. Mm. change you made to that song was I changed my chorus from you weaken her to weak for her that's the only change mm. and then he would then he would give himself all the publishing on it you know wow. which is ridiculous you know yeah. that's what we have to deal with songs like Stephen I don't need him to sing I mean I, that's, I never ever told him what the songs are about so if you ask him what cow is about he can't tell you mm. or if you ask him what Stephen's about he can't mm. tell you because I've never told him what the songs are about interesting and they're personal to me We're southern boys with western 
so that album was coming to a head because I mean, what are you doing here? You know, why are you here? Mm. Came to that point. For us, okay, his, his perspective is very different. He thinks he's some musical genius. He ain't. Yeah, <laughs> so right. I hate to break it. I hate to break it to him. You know, <laughs> he's doing. He's in the wrong field of, field of work. Yeah, you know, I don't uh, know why he gets. Play- I don't want him singing Desire. I don't want him singing my songs. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not interested in singing upstairs or in my songs. Right. Um, when I was listening back to um, House of Dolls to get ready, and and my understanding being that this was the crux of things kind of going wrong permanently, I listened to that album oh. and I like it. I like the. I, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff on that album. Maybe it's maybe the maybe some of the hard edges are being you know sand it off a little bit to sound a little sh- a little brighter a little more easy to digest but that's what that's true for so many people i mean if you and i look back at you know the album before it discover is a little bit of a breakthrough for you guys it's got desire on it you're starting to get some heartache i think is on that album these are great too right. getting played So what's wrong with capitalizing on a little bit more success? Is are you is it uh, offensive to this kind of street cred mentality that you guys uh, we you know we're getting too far off base here? Is that happening to you? Well, it's you, you have to remember the context of where we were at the time, and to, and to break radio is the only way to break, you know, in those days, uh-huh. uh, and MTV, etc. So all of were issues. But you know, a lot. I write pop songs. I, I, I like yeah. pop songs. I, I think there's an art to pop songs. You know, great. Which it's very easy for me to write a ten-minute you know, opus. You know, but you try writing a, a three-minute opus. Mm. That's pretty difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, all my influences are great pop music, and from all Phil Spector's, the Ronettes, the Crystals, and all those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, Beatles, Stones, ton, tons of any the Kinks. Any great pop songs to be this this great value in them, and uh, all those you know people slag us off for, if they want to slag us off. I don't care if they do or not. You try you try sounding like Gene Lewis about try yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's not very we've we've got our own our own thing. Yeah. And uh, when 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 we start one of our songs, the, the aim is that you know what song that is. Yeah. You know, as soon as Desire comes in or Jealous comes in or 
you know, suspicion, any of those songs, immediately know it's that song. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we could, e- I could easily just carried on writing uh, Always a Flame or Upstairs uh-huh. or Desire, just, just formulate, formulate the whole thing like most bands do and just keep writing the same song. Yeah. You know, which, which I don't, which yeah. we don't. No, you, know? you don't. Which was, which was the great thing about uh, the Dance of the Water album because mm-hmm. um, Peter's, camp, Peter's written a lot with me on that album because we did a thing called Ugly Bugs together where we started writing. Mm-hmm. And that's come through to the uh, Dance of the Water album where he's written a lot too. Yeah, it uh, it's such a great album, and um, and it's the first one you got you've put out for a while, you know. What's well, difficult to put albums out? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, it's yeah. these days. Who hears it, and can you make any money off of it? And it's well, it's tough to, to do it properly. Is is, is hard. You, you obviously we could all go into our bedrooms and, and make an album. I stick a Gene Love's chair, we'll stick it on the top of it. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> But for us, for me personally, we'd always, I mean, we've never split up, mm-hmm. but we'd, we wouldn't play very often. We'd play together two or three times a year in festivals, you know? Yeah. And a few years ago, about three years ago, uh, we're at one of the, and every time we do this festival, everyone would get drunk. Uh-huh. And I don't I don't drink these days, but, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, we got to do another album. It's so great live. We just did four on fours. Everyone loves our music, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. And of course, we just all get in the airplanes and James and go back to, uh, London, I go back to wherever LA. If I was in LA, mm-hmm. people go back to York, and Chris would go back to Bath, and that'll be the last we heard of it. So mm-hmm. three years ago, they said the same thing to me. I said, "Guys, you say this every time we play together. If you want to do, let's put do some pledge. Let's do a pledge music thing. Let's fund the album properly, make a proper album. And if you if you do, I'll get I'll be on board." And mm-hmm. so Pete got on with it. Pete's very well organised got in touch with Pledge Music and the fans all came up to the plate as they say and and we made an album which we yeah. did in a, in a real studio with a real producer Pete Walsh who did a lot of our, like House of Doors Desire mm-hmm. uh, Heavenly Bodies those albums you know yeah you know it was, it was done properly and uh, good it was, and so that's why it sounds a good album because it's an expensive album to make yeah. and not many bands could afford to do that but luckily the fans came up and, and, and paid yeah. for it how were your? How was your experience with Pledge? Because they're um, we were they've lucky. had good we and bad. I just talked to Robbie we Gray from Modern English a couple of weeks ago, right. and his experience was not as good. I mean, his yeah. experience was fine. The business, the company itself, got in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, shortly after. Yeah, we were lucky because obviously we made our album and everything got paid up, and everything was great. A few months after, then he started hearing rumblings of trouble. And I know, yeah, Marty Wilson Piper, for instance, the guy who's mm. in the church, he's yeah. had problems. And yeah, we just got lucky. Yeah, well, good. So, okay, our experience was fantastic, but I wouldn't obviously I wouldn't recommend it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they still are they still around? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Sounds but like, sounds like sounds like they were in trouble. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you? Uh, let's talk about some of the lean times because. Mm-hmm. You know, Kiss of Life comes out and it's got Jealous on it. It's a hit. And then the follow-up album, Heavenly Bodies. Yes, Heavenly Bodies mm-hmm. comes out. But eventually things kind of die down. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, Frankly, to be perfectly honest with you, Jay, I'm kind of shocked that you and Michael, to some extent, to give him a little bit of credit, have managed to keep the Gene Loves Jezebel name mm-hmm. alive all these years. You know, mm-hmm. despite... The challenges, despite long periods between records, despite the ups and downs of the music industry, how have you done right. that? You know, it couldn't well, have been it's, easy. 
it's been difficult in some ways, but it, it was it's a no choice. I mean, it's, it's a, there's so many artists that like what we've done, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I smash. I mean, what the, the Smashing Pumpkins invited me to come up and sing Stephen a few years ago, yeah, you know, in London. Yeah, I heard about that. And and, and and Billy was very complimentary. He said he, he said the auntie took he took the band to see Gene Louis Jezebel and he said we're all watching they were just forming a Smashing Pumpkins. We played in Chicago, and he said. Uh, the song was always a flame, by the way, and I, they're always mm. a flame. My brother always sang the first verse, and I would sing all the bridges. And as soon as my brother started singing, Billy said to the band, or to his band, "That guy cannot sing." Oh, and as soon really? as I start, and as soon as I started mm. singing, Billy said to the guy, uh, "This guy can sing." Mm. And then he invited, then he just invited me on stage to sing Stephen or whatever, you know. Yeah. And that's that's it. So when I get people comparing our voices, I, I kind of like you. You're crazy. <laughs> so, but you know, but yeah. you know. So yeah. it's fun. I mean, I don't know why. Why my brother keeps it going? I do not know because he's. It's not his. I'm. It's my band. I right. invented it. It's my songs mostly singing. Yeah. Uh, he's got. A, I don't know what if he's singing any of his. I don't know. I don't know um, either. I've never seen him. But I. I mean, just the um, the uh, the guts it takes to persevere all this time mm -hmm. through the highs and the lows. I, well, I, it's it, just. Uh, Time, time is just uh, you just roll with it. Really. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, it's surprising. You look back and so much time has passed. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a musician. I'm, I, I do my acoustic thing, uh, which I, which I, which I will be doing after this tour. I'll be touring nice. again, nice. which is a completely different thing. When you see us, you understand. I've seen clips on YouTube. It's beautiful. Oh yeah, thank you. It's a very. Yeah. This is all, the Tina Jasmine with me is. That's all my energy. All have very high energy. I literally mm -hmm. don't stop moving. For an hour, mm -hmm. I just have to get. I just because I, I walk a lot and I'm a very you know energetic person. But my acoustic stuff is very introverted and very mm -hmm. inward looking, and it's I don't hardly move at all. So they're very different experiences, and both rewarding in different ways. So obviously, you know, mentioned James Stevenson and Pete and that. When I walk on stage with those, it's easy. All I got to do is sing. Yeah. <laughs> when I when I do my solo things, it's much more difficult. Yeah, you know, I don't see myself as a great guitar player. Uh -huh. and, uh, every and every um, every word, if it's one dodgy lyric or you know one bum note, is amplified when you do it on your own. Mm -hmm. But I still find it very exciting to do it that way too. Good, you know, perversely, masochistic <laughs> way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I love it. You know, I, do, I love doing my solo thing as well. Good. Okay. Um, did I read somewhere that during maybe one of the lean periods that you went to work for Apple? Yeah. Well, I was. was my brother was. Causing us so many problems legally, uh -huh. fighting off all kinds of lawsuits, things which he just lost one of them, by the way. Oh, nice. um, you see, so he's, he owes us a lot of money just to pay our costs. They're all, always frivolous, always yeah. a waste of time. Yeah. But we were supposed to play the Microsoft, uh, sorry, the Kodak Theater in LA last night, but we couldn't because he either asked to promote it so much the promoter dropped us. No, really. That's what we, that's what, that's what we have to put up with. Yeah. You know what I. Going into Brazil, where waiting to uh, at the embassy, waiting for our visas, when he's him and his wife have written a letter saying that we're not Chino's Jezebel, Ugh. and it's only because it's only because in the embassy they happen to be Chino's Jezebel fans. Yeah. They put, we end end up ironically getting first class flights to Brazil, but this kind of hassle all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. This well, I'm just concerned. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame. But that's 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 who he is. You know? Yeah. Um, but did you go to work for Apple at some point? 
Yeah, I did. I did. But that's, you know, I had to do something. Sure, of course. What did you do? I'm curious. Well, the weirdest thing was I was with my friend Marty, um, uh, from the, I mentioned from the church, Marty yeah. Wilson Piper, we both in London, and there was, yeah, yeah. We, were just, we were just walking along the Regency of an Apple, we building their first store in Europe, and I said, well, I need to do something, he was in the position to me at the time, we were both struggling, uh-huh. I said, well, I could easily go and work for Apple, I know I know Max, that's inside out, you know, and um, and so, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, I, I'd work anywhere, I don't care, sure, you know, sure. I, always stay, I always stay on my own two feet, but, and so, uh, while we're just doing all this, legal stuff which is very expensive and it cost me yeah all kinds of problems but i went to, i i worked in the in the theater which they don't seem to have anymore apple mm. but you, you stand up and you teach people how to use you know music software or yeah. mac os uh, mac os 10 and uh all that stuff you know it was easy there was only i'd only do three days a week good for you um and it was um that was great it was, it was a great great experience it was, <laughs> Excuse me, I got this cough. Yeah, that's okay. It's incredible, incredible pe- people I'm still friends with. And, um, yeah. Man, I, I would pay good money to have Jay Aston <laughs> show me how to use a Mac, you know? That's well, great. It's, well, it's, the, the, the funniest thing was uh, there would often be people from California from the corporate end of the doors come and see me. They're just asking for autographs and things. And yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I kept it low profile. It was just, it was just something to keep keep me keep me afloat. Sure. Well, we all have to do five things, six, don't yeah. we? Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. we all have to do yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of that, I I think I read maybe it was on your Wikipedia page. I'm not even sure. I think I read somewhere that you know this the fire that Universal Music that happened like ten years ago or something is suddenly getting all this press. And I read somewhere I think that your that G Love's Jezebel Masters were burned up in the fire you were do you know about this did you hear about this i think james mentioned something about it because we couldn't we're trying to get hold of masters for, for some remixing some stuff of ours okay and so yeah so that must be what, what he was talking about <laughs> yeah yeah i wondered how that impacts you do you care is it a well, problem or what well it's, it's one of the you can't do much about it now can you? <laughs> no no you sure can't uh, no. Um, it's it's sad, you know, um, but there's nothing you can do about it, yeah. Okay. So I can't. It's it's, it's like it's the same. It's the the fall of the music industry. There's nothing yeah, you can really do about is. it. It's just it's just where we are. Yeah. So crying about it. <laughs> yeah. So true. So true, man. Um, okay, I want to know over the years. Uh, I want to hear some of your favorite stories. When you look back, you know, I'm sure you've interacted with some heroes over the years. I'm sure you've played shows you can't believe. I'm sure writing a song have been has been a really cathartic moment. When you look back, what are some of the highlights over all this time? I mean, playing with, I've always loved Bob Dylan. Oh. So playing with him, playing, playing with Bob Dylan was fun and funny because he, we ended up, he opened for us because he wanted to, he needed to get somewhere. Uh, to the next town or something, uh-huh. and uh, he, asked, he asked us to switch places. <laughs> you, uh, Bob Dylan, opened for you. <laughs> well, that's because he wanted to go. To get right, right, but Buff- still in, in Buffalo. So that was great. Um, when was that? Uh, what I would never have put you two on the same bill, to be honest. That when was, was the kid, That was it. Was one, it was one of those festivals? You know, it was in, okay. in the summer. It was in it was in Buffalo. Um, I can't, actually the fix were on the same bill too. Oh. Um, Love them. Um, they were playing a different stage. Oh, who else was on there? 
it was like a hip hop band on this. I can't oh, remember the name, okay. but um, but yeah, so that was pretty memorable. And I, I, I can't remember where I got the camera, but I, I, James has got a great poster of Jimi Hendrix. Sorry, mm-hmm. a painting of Jimi Hendrix, and I filmed the guy actually painting it while he was doing it from that day too. So that was a great day. Nice. Uh, what other days? Uh, okay. Did you? I don't know. Are you I'm a big about, Bowie guy or a Mark Bolin guy or? A... Um, Brian Ferry. Well, the, thing, the, thing, the thing, well, I can, what, there's a lot of questions there. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, like I just wondered if you ever met any of them, uh, you know? Uh, uh, I've said hello to Bowie. Uh, I've never met Ferry or, or say, I've never Mark Bourne type before I could ever meet yeah, him. But right. um, Ferry's an interesting one to me because to me, he's, the Roxy music changed modern music, single-handedly. Yeah. Uh, he's a very stylish man. Ziggy Stardust and Roxy's first album came out within a week of each other. And Ziggy Stardust is a very good album, yeah. uh, of course. But ro- that Roxy music album changed the game. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a model on the front cover. Fashion became a thing. Um, it's re- the very good dresses. I mean, sonically, bright. You know, it's it's no, uh, it's no accident that Bowie used uh, uh, Brian Eno right. for all those classic uh, Berlin albums. You know. It's, that's Roxy music. He, I think he was very threatened by Brian Ferry. I actually was quite jealous of him back in the day. He rushed out his solo album mm. to get Peter Ferry. So, um, um, but Bowie, I think, always had more drive to be famous. So, mm. big remain the star. The Ferry's pretty uh, relaxed about it already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Think, you know? he, doesn't, he doesn't care about uh, massive mass fame, really. So, it was interesting. Yeah, that is so, interesting. Okay. So obviously Bowen's influential too. Yeah. Um, I do cosmic dances sometimes acoustically. Oh really? Um, oh, I could see that. You do well at that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It goes down well. I like you know. It's 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 a, it's a lovely song to sing. Yeah. Um, good one. Okay. So I've met them. I was a Led Zeppelin fan as a kid, and so I met Jimmy Page. Once and he was very nice, you know. But yeah. uh, generally speaking, I, I, I don't chase after to be. I, I, you know, I'm the, I, I run away from people, yeah, famous people. I generally, I don't, I don't really want to meet them. Uh, but sometimes you're in, the, in a time I was in the Viper room, a very small space downstairs. Mm-hmm. You couldn't not say hello because you're that close. So. Of course, okay. <laughs> I just wondered what some of the highlights when you look back over your career, what they might be. Um, um I, 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 this is a weird thing, really. I mean, I. I just live in the moment all the time, yeah. really. I, okay. I don't, I don't really re- reflect in that way at all, really. Okay. I'll be excited. I'll be excited. What I'm going to do after this interview, you know? That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Oh, right. I'm going to go for, I go for a hike at last. I got a day off. I can yeah. go for a hike, you know. There you go. So, um, but I love being on stage and every gig that we we play really well is is, is a real highlight for me. And I'm touch wood, which I'm doing yeah. right now. Uh-huh. We, for the last year or so, we we, we seem to be on top form. So hopefully we can. I don't lose my voice. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do we're you live? Like? We're, get, we're getting we're getting older, you know. Yeah, so I don't know absolutely. if any of us will be around in ten years' time. So you want Very to true. cherish the moment. Yeah. Where do you live full time? I don't live anywhere full time, really. Oh, at the moment, right. I just keep I just keep on moving. I, I'm going to probably. I've decided where I'm. I'm not going to go back to London. They got tons of things in London in storage. Uh-huh. But I'm probably I'm probably going to move. They're so polluted there. Not like all our cities are so polluted. Yeah. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to move um, either to Wales or somewhere in the countryside okay. outside London. 
Yeah, I always keep moving. I don't like being stuck in one place, to be honest. Yeah, with you. okay. Yeah. And um, mm -hmm. I don't know, are you married? Do you have kids? Anything like that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not married. I just want to also okay. remain single. I'm a romantic. I never get married. There you go. <laughs> it's probably smart. Um, I am yeah. curious, though, when you go on tours like this, especially in North America, do you have favorite spots where, like, is there a restaurant that you got to make sure you hit every time? Or is there a, <laughs> you know, a favorite spot well, like, or something? There's, there, are, there are places you remember and you hope they're there when you pass through. Yeah. Don't forget, we haven't toured about, we haven't toured the U.S. like this tour in many, many years. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So uh, a lot of the places might not be there anymore. <laughs> true. That's true. But do you but, have a spot looking, that you're excited for? I'm, I always love, go, I like San Francisco a lot. Yeah. I, like, I like to play in San Francisco and Chicago, all the, all the classic U.S. cities that I like playing in. You know? yeah. uh, I lived in New York for quite a while. Did you? I got a lot of friends there, so it'll be, it'll be nice to okay. touch base. Um, so yeah, I'd be nice just to go to places I've been for so many, so many weird memories and crazy yeah. things that have happened yeah. on the road. You know, uh, yeah. insane things like every band would have stories of <laughs> crazy stuff that happens on the road. Right. But uh, yeah, all those memories will come flooding back. I believe uh, it. I kept diaries. <laughs> They're all in the diary. Good. That's great. Do you know why? I mean, was was G Love's Jezebel bigger in the U.S. than they were in the U.K.? Well, we we no, we were, we were getting popular. Very, we we had a huge following in the U.K., but yeah. like the U.S. kind of took took away from it because it took so long to get around America, huh. like three months to tour it. Yeah, so we kind of neglected it a, a bit. But no, we no, we just, we we're number one indie albums and number two indie albums. Oh, good. And, okay. And our top third discover was top thirty there, so you know okay. we probably neglected a bit for different reasons. You know we yeah. have a bad relationship with the press generally, apart from you know apart from leaving Melody Maker. Yeah, right. Yeah, I could see that. And we 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 got frustrated that BBC would playing. Why wouldn't they play Desire? Why wouldn't they play Motion? Mm -hmm. You know, it was all those kind of things. We always thought they were anti-Welsh. You know. Ah, really? Uh, and, and Are the two, they? The, 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 the news, I don't know. Since then, though, there's been a Welsh, there's been Catatonia, Super Fury Animals, tons of Welsh bands. But at, at before, at, around our time, we just couldn't seem to get airplay, which seemed to be really unfair. Oh. And there'd be a music TV, they, they'd never put a place on music TV. So when they do any footage of 80s bands in the UK, they've got no footage of us because they didn't have us. Us in Japan, yes. Yeah. So yeah. And Japan yeah. suffer a lot of the same way, too. Huh. Okay. Um, so, okay, last question. I am curious, uh, going back to Michael again, uh, like what's Christmas like? Do you, do you ever, do you, or Thanksgiving, do you guys ever interface at all? Do you, are you ever well, in the same room and, at a family function and just have to avoid each uh, other? Well, the only last time I saw him was at my dad's funeral. Um, but no, that's been, we don't do Thanksgiving in the UK, so of course it's not because you're uh, you're right. celebrating getting free of us. But um, right. uh, so no, uh, I don't see him. I hope I never do. Yeah. So you know, I've got no no intention of ever speaking to him. Yeah. Again. I mean, um, there's a long history of brothers fighting in rock and roll. I mean, the you know the Kinks and everybody else. But I just was curious, mm -hmm. the Gallagher's. I I always wonder when that's the case, like. It's, it's very common, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I but I always wonder what like their moms think. Like, you know, is your mom still alive? No, they're both. 
but they're uh, both gone. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he used he used it to great effect to get to get his way with the name way back mm-hmm. when. My mum was very upset by all the the um, the lawsuits, etc. Yeah. So, um, so I. That's uh, a shame. Yeah, he, he yeah he wasn't at that funeral for some reason. Uh, I don't know why, but um, I was. Okay. Um. So yeah. So no, I have no intention of. Uh, yeah. Well, it sounds like there's no anything. real reason or catalyst for you two ever being in the same room together. If your parents are no. gone, and okay, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Okay, well, uh, look, thanks for talking with me, Jay. I, I, uh, thanks, thanks, Jim. I've loved you guys for you know since I became aware of music, and there's a lot of there's a lot of Gene loves Jezebel that means a lot to me, and um, so I'm really grateful that you gave me some of your time. Thanks for doing that. No, thank you. Thanks, thanks for your time, John. Hope, uh, hope you enjoy the cake. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, there you have it, Jay Aston. It, it's too bad. These guys are so good. Um, if you only know the hits, I would go back and start from the beginning or almost the beginning. I really like Immigrant and Discover. There's some great albums in there. Um, so I will tell you, I went to this show. It was fantastic. I bumped into Jay on the street before the show and I introduced myself because he's only heard my voice. And he was like, oh, sure, John, good to meet you. And then get this, he says, uh, by the way, I'm really sorry for talking so much about my brother, which I thought was really funny. So anyway, he gets it. This is unfortunate. It's drama. It it overwhelms pretty much everything except the music. The music is great. Dance Underwater is great. And this tour is fantastic. Uh, I was impressed with all three. So if you get a chance to catch it, do you will, uh, you'll be happy you did. Now, next week, things are crazy right now with... A ton I have in the can and a ton that may come up that are timely. If nothing comes up, next week's guest is uh, a very prominent backup singer, specifically in the 80s, who you probably recognize. She's definitely sang with people you would know. And I got to be honest, it's one of my favorite interviews that's ever happened on here. I did not see it coming, but it, it happened and it was great. Uh, I want to close it out here. This is Beyond Doubt, another Gene Love, greatly Gene Loves Jezebel song. I don't know which one sang it or wrote it, but I love it. Uh, huge thanks, as always, to Yan the Man Makevich for all that you do. Thank you, buddy, for everything. You guys know how to find us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Okay? Thanks, everybody. We love you.